0: Welcome back to Films for the Many, it's still a pandemic and everyone is isolating, except me as I smell a jar of pesto every morning as a safety precaution. This week I'm going to try to keep it more PG so my dad can start tuning in again as I very unashamedly sent both him and my mother a video of me in the shower by accident. I feel very guilty that their daughter has no level of humility whatsoever i'm also uh deeply considering um partaking in sober second half of october so if anyone sees me with a pint or otherwise please knock it straight out of my hand and you will receive good luck for the rest of the year but also when this probably goes out we might be in november so it's uh it's too late for anyone to do that anyway next up we have a living legend formerly known by her instagram name now she's just sharon McGuinness or shannon mcginnis there's a lot of spoilers for one film in particular in this episode, so please see the notes so it isn't ruined for you. It's an honour to have her as she's a busy woman to pin down. She knows a lot about stuff, so I think it's going to be a very lively discussion. We've been through tough times together, e.g. Heathfield Flats, multiple law outies and some horrendous behaviour at Lost Village Festival, lest we forget. Um, I'll take the high road and she is one of the few mainlanders that understands what it means to be from Lisburn in Northern Ireland Or Northern Ireland When not in lockdown, will probably still be living in Dundee, cutting shapes to Jimmy XX and or rolling cigarettes outside the library Welcome to N1's hottest podcast, even uttering the one letter and number breaks my personality but we've got my old DD1 pal, ex-Dame of Bishop Briggs and Room's biggest investor, <laughs> Shannon McInnes. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Well,
1: <laughs> that was quite an introduction, Claire. <laughs> How's Glasgow? Oh, you know, living the dream in the big city. <laughs> <laughs>
0: how's month one billion of lockdown are you enjoying it or are you thriving no she's never thriving during lockdown <laughs> I thought you might enjoy it a wee bit of like me time
1: yeah we did that for six months already I don't need any more me time
0: self-care's done
1: <laughs> it's done she's cancelled I've
0: actually been seeing all the wee kids in Dundee enjoying their prison and halls and I've been asking people oh, yeah, and you're no. a good person to ask do you think you would have survived your first year flat for lockdown?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to any of my previous flatmates. but The
0: first, the first time wow. I met you was in your flat with Sarah and she like about oh, me you yeah. around. And Daniel Kelly was there and was yes. stubborn about how I... So I don't think I'd survive your flat either. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that actually. I can remember that. <laughs> so funny, going to like the union or something. Shit like that. So we don't actually know where this discussion's going to go because I was pretty hungover at the weekend. I think you were hungover at the weekend as well. Oh yes, I was. I yeah. was feeling very fragile. But I'm feeling like this might be a good discussion. I feel like I'm going to get a bit more of a left wing look at films. Because I think as we get into the discussion, you're going to call me a centrist <laughs> at some point. <laughs> no,
1: no, no. Not
0: well. at all. <laughs> right, so first things first. You probably heard all this before, but first things first. Have you watched a film in the last six months?
1: Have I watched a film in the last six months? Yes.
0: Good. Yes. Number one question I have to ask everyone on the podcast. Okay. Good. Yes, yes. Are you a film person? I would say you're a film person.
1: <sighs> I I mean, I watch films. I wouldn't go to the cinema much because it's just a bit too expensive, you know, but yeah. I'll watch them. I prefer watching them with other people because then it makes me watch new films. I have not go yeah, around yeah. to like pick a new film to watch.
0: You need that support beside you to. Yeah. Keep <laughs> just going. I get it. I get it. So the pandemic is obviously like, it's, it's going to be bigger chat than Brexit. It's going to be just one mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. our lives forever and it's going to be bad comedy for a long time. A lot of oh, yes. tweets are going to happen yeah. post whenever this Oh bloody ends but what's a film that reminds you of a distinct part of your life outside of the pandemic uh, if that's okay
1: so a film outside of the pandemic obviously uh, is probably the secret life of bees it's a bit of a random movie
0: i've never but... seen it and have never heard of it
1: okay okay so it's basically a movie and it's got the coat of fanning in it right mm-hmm. and it's set in america during the 1960s i think it's the 1960s um but like segregation of like black and white people was still pretty prominent at this time anyway and um it basically follows the story of this little girl i'm saying little girl i think she's about 14 in it and her and her servant at the time who is played by jennifer hudson um running away from her abusive father and they go and on this big journey <laughs> to <laughs> this house, which is where her mother, who has died, unfortunately. I, I take it there's like spoilers. This is like Oh yeah,
0: uh, Dora we love spoilers. Okay. Almost, yeah.
1: Right, that's okay. So they go on this journey to this house that her mum had ran away to before she died, and um, to kind of seek answers about her past mm. and maybe why her mum left and things like that. And the house is owned by queen latifah who is a honeybee keeper and they have this like
0: bee sanctuary <laughs> out the back and just all this like stuff happens Why is it kind of like distinct for you like when when did you get introduced to it or like how so
1: i went to, to see it i went to see it actually in a cinema that one i did go see in the cinema and i went to see it oh. with my mom and yeah i don't know how, how old i've been in 2008 like 11 maybe okay so quite young and i think it was maybe Obviously the story is kind of centered around Dakota Fanning and like her journey. And she's like a young teenager. So obviously in that sense, you're relating to the experiences of this young girl in the sense that like she gets her first period and she has Mm -hmm. this crush on this boy and she's going through all these emotions. So it's like a real coming of age. So it is like an an actual coming of age film. But then at the same time, if you remove, like, Dakota Fanning as the centre of the film, it was kind of the first time that I was, like, really exposed to to segregation in the US Mm -hmm. during the 1960s. And it was the first time that you kind of, that I had kind of saw the treatment that black people were facing. Because there's obviously scenes in the film, like, Jennifer Hudson is pretty brutally attacked in it. And there's another guy, he's in uh, 90210. (laughs) I forgot his name. Great reference! Literally, I'm sure I had a long story. after I need to know. Tristan Wilds, oh, Okay, yeah, and he's pretty brutally attacked in it and gets arrested yeah. and things like that. And yeah, I mean, for me, like I was quite young and it was just another. So was it?
0: If it was the 60s, was it before the civil rights or after the civil rights movement? I think it was like during the bill? because
1: I remember at one point of it, they have the ability to go vote, and it's the first time that Jennifer Hudson's character is allowed to go vote in it.
0: Oh, okay. So I'm it might have been so, like quite yeah. like a turning yeah. turning of rights, maybe yeah. that film.
1: <laughs> yeah, and
0: obviously, um, I hate to bring it up, but obviously, we did law together, PTSD. Yes, yes. Um, neither of us are following down that career path. No. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I suppose it probably calls into question like legislation doesn't like change like while well, it changes like the base, it doesn't change like yeah. society as a whole, like and people's like attitudes and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Is, so? Is there anything you would change about the film? yeah I mean kind of sound like I there's the,
1: yeah. when I think about the movie obviously like now and I'm older so it's, it was actually a book beforehand also
0: mm.
1: I have actually read the book I read it when I was quite okay. young as well so I didn't really fully understand as well the concepts and the themes and stuff and the greater yeah. things or whatever going on I was just kind of reading it at point blank but I think that now that like I'm older and like I think about it I think that the story it would have been nice to kind of more explore the women in the houses story and less of Dakota Fanning being the center of it because again like I said Queen Latifah is like the head of the house and it's like her and her three sisters live in the house they've all got names of the months of the year (laughs) so it's like so it's kind of following their life they're all sisters too and it kind of like touches on their relationship with other black people in their community and how like how they all interact with each other and their interactions outside of their community and things like that and that should I think have been the center of the story rather than Dakota Fanning
0: yeah and I suppose that's what um Viola Davis said about the help Dakota Fanning is an angel but I completely understand that because Viola Davis said that about the help and the help I used to think well I still do think it's like a great film when she came out and even said she regretted Mm -hmm playing a part in it and it was exactly what you just Mm. said is that like there was voices in that film that should have been raised and it made me look at The Help for example like quite differently
1: well I've never seen The Help and I know that's like very like it's got a very strong white savior complex in it yeah and I guess in a way this movie like A Secret Life of Bees is kind of contrast to that because it's these black women that are saving this white girl and I know that maybe some people okay, argue yeah. like oh it shouldn't be for black women to save anybody and people need to be saving black women mm-hmm. and stuff but I think in contrast to other movies that we have like it's nice to see somebody seeking comfort from them rather than the opposite around if that makes sense.
0: Yeah and like being the teacher for her and yeah it, yeah that's a that's a really good one I've never actually heard of Secret Life of Bees before and I did a bit of research but actually it's quite a like hidden gem like it's not yeah like everyone, i don't like it, when you think queen Latifah i exactly wouldn't have thought of this film but it could be not after this and it's one film she saw this, at the cinema. this could be the resurgence of it <laughs> <laughs> bring it back um so you've you've heard that the cinemas are closed <laughs> are they still closed in scotland can couldn't tell you i think so i think so
1: i'm not sure okay
0: so, i don't know
1: nicola's doing i don't know anybody that's um, been to the
0: cinema in the last few, uh, time anyway. i actually went to the cinema but we'll not get into it the cinemas are still closed in Scotland then, but if you could go to the cinema, what film would you like to see at the cinema?
1: Um, so a movie that I would like to see or would have liked to see in the cinema because I didn't
0: actually see this movie in the cinema was um, Arrival. Um, okay, this is another film. You, you're really bringing out a lot of films that I don't know or haven't been on my radar. Well,
1: I don't know if this is even... I think it's maybe just like a Netflix original. I don't think it's... <laughs> was in the cinema or I don't know no. I don't know I don't even know why I picked this one like because I didn't see it when did you did I you watch it recently I watched it I've seen it so many times and I watched it on Netflix the first time
0: oh really yeah. so I I did look up a bit about it and it's kind of like a alien film yeah it's like, just... is it just an alien <laughs> film or is it like a sci-fi film or and it's, it's like got like Amy a, Adams in it
1: yeah it's like an alien invasion film with Amy Adams is like this head of linguistics or something like that and okay. basically these aliens come to earth and they've plotted themselves in different parts of the world and mm-hmm. it kind of mimics like what each country would do in that situation. i saying at the start that um I'm gonna be bringing all these left wing views now so I can feel myself in my head about to make such a stupid comment. <laughs> what are you gonna say? about arrival <laughs> <laughs> I'll come to it though. I'll come to it
0: so would you say it's like the most believable alien film I'm not really into alien films so yeah only alien so so yeah I,
1: like I, I went on a I went on a side tangent there so yes yeah, so all these aliens come and it basically follows this head of linguistics who's instead of going to go and blow up the aliens and start a war like mm-hmm. all other Asian a, Asian <laughs> all alien invasion movies. <laughs> That was a slip of the tongue, by the way. It's a more pragmatic approach, and me, as the type of person I like, I like a a pragmatic approach to something.
0: Yeah, rather than a hostile (laughs) "let's kill everything" approach, which is the normal government way to do it. Yes. So, so it's like a more believable way. Like the only alien film that I've ever watched is Paul, which is got like Simon Pegg (laughs) and Nick Frost in it, and Paul just like drinks and smokes. (laughs) <laughs> and it's it, you know it's probably the best cinema I've ever seen but do you ever get to so do you get to see the aliens in this film like what makes it so it, yes. good that you want to see it at the cinema like is it just a so, global aspect I or?
1: okay I just remember enjoying like if, it's one of these movies that if you watch it really loud then you're just like oh it like gives you goosebumps you know kind of way and yeah because it's the guy that
0: that's, um, does does the music is Johan Johansson who it's like really he, I think they won best score actually and something I'm like, bringing I don't these films what? to the plate
1: anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think it was just like the sound of it like I just wanted to see it in the cinema and <laughs> but I just liked <laughs> okay. the film I just liked the film and I enjoyed the plot and I enjoyed like the way it like made me think about aliens and made me think about
0: I the think space. the linguistic approach is really interesting and and, uh, and how she I did read that she like interpreted what they were saying and each country interpreted what she translated differently?
1: Yeah, so she like does eventually find the ability to like, communicate with these aliens. And the way she does it again is just like it makes a lot of sense rather than rushing into it and stuff. And she's like pure risking her life going into this big alien, what do you call it, UFO thing? Uh, spaceship. Spaceship, yes. And. Uh, <laughs> It's really hard to explain because I, the storyline of it is that her, the way that she has learned the ability to communicate with these aliens is the way that she has then changed like her way of thought and how she like perceives time and she can, after she okay. learns to communicate with these aliens, I don't really understand it like technically because it's quite physics in the sense yeah. that like our time is like linear, is that right? Oh gosh, here we go, um, keep going. The way that she the way that she then, and the aliens' way of experiencing time is like, whatever, it's different to ours. So okay. by the end of it, she is now able to see into the future.
0: <laughs> I The way you're describing it makes it sound like a terrible film. But it's a, suddenly she sees aliens, learns how to speak to them, it sounds like a cartoon but. It's much more of like a grand, like there's good like special effects and stuff, isn't there? Yeah, like it just, just go <laughs>
1: watch it. Just go watch it. Sorry, that was such right, a that's, bad pick. When the cinemas reopen. Uh,
0: <laughs> no, that's difficult because normally people pick like action films or like space films and things, and maybe that's just like I wouldn't say it's that's just, your scene. It's, that's not really my it's scene just, either.
1: Yeah it's not my scene and it was a scene that makes you think and I like movies that make me think. Yeah yeah. Like going to a movie and just seeing all this banging and explosion like (laughs) like I want to go in and come out and want and want to then go read up about it on Wikipedia
0: and then be 10 pages deep on links. Moving on. Politics is again non-existent in the UK would you agree? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah pandemic britain has reignited a lot yep. of uh, <laughs> moral issues in our society and we don't have a right for left government <laughs> <laughs> anyway we'll not get into that because not. we'll not
1: get into that i'm just staying silent because you know if i start i'm like I trying stop. to poke the bear but it's not your reason. no 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 you know if i i will go off in the top and I will turn this up to the Shannon show <laughs>
0: <laughs> right so what would you say is the most politically charged film you've seen in your life in recent times
1: so I'm gonna go with recent times and I know that some people will say like this movie is maybe not based around politics but I think it's like difficult to ignore the politics side of it and that's Queen and Slim it's basically centered around, like the plot is basically, um, oh my God, what am I saying? What's the plot? What's the plot? Right,
0: okay, I'll say, <laughs> I'll say the uh, plot because I actually watched it recently and it was a Shannon recommendation. i also that. God, I um, that. <laughs> right, so the plot is basically young couple, uh, start, so it's Daniel Kaluuya and Jodie Turner-Smith and they mm-hmm. go on a first yes. Tinder date And it goes very badly wrong.
1: It goes very very wrong very quickly and they are just driving home from their date which we will say was an unsuccessful date and absolutely nothing happens and a police officer pulls them over and Mm -hmm. there's a bit of an altercation obviously at the fault of the police officer and it ends up with slim shooting and killing the police officer to which then the two main characters queen and slim go on the run because they know that the repercussions are going to be very severe for them
0: yeah it's i mean if it doesn't win an oscar this year i will be shocked i am so glad you suggested it to me when did you first watch it do you remember I watched that one in the cinema, actually. <laughs>
1: did you? Go to the I cinema quite a lot for someone that doesn't pay for the yeah, cinema. <laughs> I did, I did. I watched it in the DCA in Dundee, though, so it was only... Oh, yes, finally DCA is getting
0: the shout out. Yes, I was going to mention DCA, yeah. but I it would get yes. very upset <laughs> because it probably gives her PTSD. So, when, so when, did you go see it this year? Did it, it only came out in yeah, 2019. It only
1: came out phew, late last year, early this year, but I went to go see it in... February, I think it was. It was one of the last things I did outside before the oh, pandemic, great. actually.
0: I think those two characters are just incredible because so like Queen is kind of like strong, independent, works at a law firm, yes. like very like strong yes. woman. she carries herself like very well. And then you've got Slim who's mm-hmm. like more of a religious family man. I'm not like there's nothing wrong yeah, with him. He's, he's quite, just like
1: He's quite timid but, in comparison yeah. to her throughout the movie you kind of it starts off with Queen um kind of taking the lead and making the decisions for both of them you say kind of like see a shift in that throughout the movie as they get to know each other better and things like that to which he kind of makes the decisions for them and where they're going to go and what they're going to do
0: yeah and I think like a big theme in this obviously it's a romance film but I don't think that's I really wouldn't call it a romance film because almost that makes it like less than it is because there's so much going on like if there was like every single moral you have out the window every single character that they meet you think they're going to do one thing because the thing Mm -hmm. I love about it it's so balanced because you Mm -hmm. expect like I would have expected so all the white people are going to be like against them and they're going to be like trying to like hand them to the police and I thought that's what because it's two very strong black female writer director combo and I Mm -hmm. it's not that Mm -hmm. I was thinking it would be like a prejudice but I thought that's but it's so balanced as in like you don't know what view someone's gonna have when they meet them along the way, if yeah. they're gonna help or if they're yeah. not. Do you have a favorite? Um, do you have a favorite character along the way? Because they meet like at least five or six like kind of groups. So my, just for the sake that I'm
1: a big fan of them, Endymure. Their character is a pretty small character, yeah. but I'm a big fan. My next favorite character after that. I'm not too sure I'm not too sure if I would have a favorite character because each character is kind of different in the sense of how they help them or how they don't help them like for example whilst they're on the run they go into that bar just off in the middle of nowhere and there's not very much dialogue from anybody within that bar but the way that they all kind of are like you know that they're going to be kind and caring just from the fact that they're letting them be in the bar despite being fugitives do you know what I mean
0: yeah, no, I agree. And see the one that was stand out for me was the little boy, um the Mechanic's son. Yeah.
1: I just mean, just because that's the he sad kind part. of like
0: Yeah, yeah, and it is sad and it kind of reminded me of the recent like BLM protests and how yeah. like these two like he, they didn't know that they were celebrities because they were always like on their own, mm-hmm. but they had like ignited this whole riot. And he was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, it's just like so nice to meet you guys. Like you're famous and all this." Whereas mm-hmm. before they were just like two strangers in a diner. And that was it. And then they may, and it just really reminds me of that whole, like, social media, like, boom of, like, mm-hmm. BLM.
1: A big thing is that, obviously, this movie is called Queen Slim, and you don't, uh, like, throughout the movie, you don't know what the two um, characters' names are, and it kind of, you don't know them until they're dead, and until they've been Shot, sorry, that's a big spoiler. They do get no. I've, I've already said in the
0: intro that there's gonna be um, a lot
1: of spoilers for this film. and then that's when you know their name, and that kind of reflects a lot of like how, just in general, like black people they're known better known in death rather than when they're alive, and yeah, you know, you don't hear of any of these black people, that, like for example, the police brutality in America and just around the world, even anyway, against black people. You don't know their names until they're dead.
0: That I think the pinnacle of that film was the ending for me. It wasn't like when they were being shot or and it wasn't even when you get to the kind of um, montage of all the people they met and the funeral and all that. It was as soon as it cut and they said their full ni- names and I, my housemate had fallen asleep. I don't know how she fell asleep during the film, but yeah. I just was like, I didn't know their their names this entire time. It didn't even faze me. I didn't even think. And then I was like, I had to it restart the start the to see range. if I. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I was like, how oh, could I have not like noticed that? And that was like the like absolute like best best part of the film was that, or not even seeing that, hearing that. And it was like when it cut yeah. to the news report, and it almost made me think that it was that a real story.
1: But everything within it is political, and everything that happens to them is political, and so. Yes, it's a love story and yes, you're following their journey together and things like that. But you are watching something that is essentially a reflection of what's happening in real life. Not necessarily two lovers going on the run together, but just yeah, like how black people are treated in the US and around the world and uh, the kind of conditions that they're living in and things that they're having to be exposed to. Even at the end, you have the two police officers. You've got one white police officer and one black mm-hmm. police officer and even the way that the white police officer is speaking to the black one calling him boy and things like that and we all know what those connotations are like it's not he's not just being like it's not just a joke it's patronizing because he doesn't see him as an equal do you know what i mean
0: so how does it make you feel because you're probably a mixed race woman how did it make you feel at the end were you angry were you happy that the film was made that some you could show someone be like this is actually what it's like and this isn't like a This isn't a film that just, like, points blame at any side. It really, like, highlights the whole picture. For
1: me, like, obviously I was angry, obviously. I mean, I know it's not based on the true story. I know it's just a movie and things like that. But obviously it does make you angry because you do realise, like, well, this is very real for so many people. And this is very, like, this has happened to so many people. I guess in the sense that, well mixed race black woman but and what's happening in this movie might not affect me personally obviously I have a lot of privilege and things like that but it is sad because it makes you angry because you are like directly like obviously my relatives are black and I've Mm -hmm. grown up like like I would identify myself as like a mixed race black woman but like my like upbringing is black and everything around me is black and my family are and things like that and to see how people are getting treated for just these things that are just so normal to you and just so that it's just something that's so out with your control is yeah. Yeah. It's not very nice You know. It's really not that nice. And obviously this year, there's been a lot of discussion about race and mm. like, it's a lot of people kind of waking up, waking up, I say in a verse commas to Mm -hmm. the realities and implications of like structural racism but
0: yeah
1: this I can separate because yes it's a movie but just everything around it and everything yeah of course it does make me angry yeah and And,
0: and yeah and it's it's came about at a really good time because I find the BLM stuff very hard to get my head around like I spoke Mm -hmm. to my I basically like abused my parents for like three nights and I was like we're going to talk about this every single night and then you go and you see Protests and in America it's still happening. Here it's died down, which isn't necessarily a good thing, because then mm-hmm. it just goes to the side, um, side of like government. Oh, we'll just deal with that later, um, because it, it will arise again. But
1: mm-hmm. it's
0: just it's it's annoying seeing the same protests over and over again. And like I went with my mom to one of the first protests in Belfast before it was like um photographed, and I always like would like dig at her and be like, "You don't get it. You don't get it." And mm-hmm. the reason she's like not the reason she articulates herself in a way that she doesn't get it's because she's seen the ship before and nothing changes
1: yeah and that's it like and I think that's kind of a big frustration that I felt and I know like other people around me felt was this is not new information and like we've seen movies like Queen and Sun before we've seen all the movies and the plays and the music and Mm. everything and the books like what what came out as this big revolutionary like oh my goodness the world is racist is not brand new information and it's something that's always been there and it's always been known but it's about kind of well how do we tackle that and how how do you tackle that and kind of uh, ensure that there's like long-term progression rather than all these Mm. kind of performative allyship posts and statements and transparency posts and oh well we have this diversity course and oh we do this but like nah like
0: yeah exactly it's yeah it's bringing back to the legislation versus like actual how people deal with it in their Mm day-to-day and it hasn't Mm -hmm. changed to bring it back with while it is a film I feel like the characters of Queen and Slim they're quite interesting characters because like Queen isn't what you typically she's she's not like she's not a character I've seen before like she's very strong, she does not like some people described her as cold when I like read into it I was like she's mm-hmm. not cold, she's like dependent and very strong and like mm-hmm. calm, and that's the difference whereas I think like black women in particular get a bit of a a bad rip yeah a bad rip for being. Yeah, exactly. And what I was going to ask you is what character do you think you are most like? Do you think you're most like Queen or Slim? Because they're very different. Like, Slim is a bit naive in the way he sees life.
1: Yeah, like, Slim is a bit naive. Although saying that, you don't, we don't really know much about Slim's backstory to know why he is yeah, in true. such a way. Whereas I feel like we can kind of understand why Queen is the way that she is and the upbringing that she's had. And you meet her uncle and he's obviously doing some dodgy business or whatnot like. but there's um, also there's a really
0: interesting line that she says when she's at uncle Earl's, and she's like iraq messed him up which i for some reason just really stuck with me because i was like everyone has their like you know their trigger as we would have said it yeah like stop triggering me always like in my head like oh what's everyone else's trigger like iraq is his and that's a completely different topic but i thought like the uncle uncle Earl, like Story and I listened mm-hmm. to a podcast called Anonymous Africans and they they kind of had a bit of stick for the film because I was like I need to listen to something that tells me this film mm-hmm. shit because mm-hmm. I love it too much and they mm-hmm. were a bit gutted that it was like black British people that were playing black Americans black Americans yeah yeah which but then you know like Lena Wraith um, who was the writer said like. We shouldn't be separating ourselves like that much. White people would not be doing that. No. No. Um, no. 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 But anyway, like they said, like Uncle Earl whole character and thought was just like perfect. It Was very legit. No, I liked, I,
1: loved. I liked his character. He was a very good character, actually.
0: But to bring it back, bring it back, to to bring it, it back. back. I'm I'm sorry, I keep going on I, on would a have thought, I keep. know, I know. I keep. No, I'm bringing us on tangent as well. <laughs> I just love this film. I can't wait to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> <Who> would you say you're like queen? I would I say, say I'm I would more, like.
1: Yeah, I would say I'm more like queen I would in She's very like just straight to the point and like kind of strong in her own, but also yeah. I can, and she has like a bit of a clearly has like a sensitive side that she's not, doesn't really want to open up to anybody yeah. yet. And again, that's she has like a barrier.
0: yeah. But she she she's, she's definitely, and I think. She's definitely the hero of the film. Like, I think heroes throughout are kind of because like mm-hmm. he's more mm-hmm. all about like destiny, it's your destiny, and she's like, nah, it's your luck, and she's all about like hard yeah. work. Like, she has yeah. kind of like a capitalist view of the way the world works. She's like, you need to work hard, this, this, and this. And she jumps out of the window first. All the stuff that yeah. women don't usually do in films. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. like, I'm doing, doing it, and that's why.
1: She has a very like realist view of the world in comparison to Slim, who does have quite a optimistic AFA belief and yeah it's kind of like this is my destiny kind of thing where she is just like no this is how it is and that's what we need to do but you know Claire that's what doing law does to you <laughs> it erodes at your destiny exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is so bloody true when we were at Dundee you didn't do much law you did a lot of going to rooms and listening to music so another question I want to ask you is uh, what film do you love uh, for its music? Uh,
1: well, you know, I'm just gonna have to say "Queen and Sum" again. Like I find the music in that movie
0: was. I've also been listening to the playlist you sent me for ages. The thing, the <laughs> person I really want to speak about <laughs> is, is Melina Matsukas, who's the director. Previously, in a yes life of being the music director for Beyonce, Rihanna, she did Lady Gaga. She's insane. Yes, she's she is the thing of this film and i think that's why the music's so good in it obviously is she's such an icon in the music industry like grew up in the bronx the way i want to phrase this is because obviously we'll get into the music I but the... i want to speak about i wanted to like kind of talk about like her past career first because oh you can like see every music video she's ever done because it's like all the music videos of our childhood would you have a Wait, well a standout what, music her, what ones has she done She's done so many. She's done basically all fiance, it's like she did formation, and the one that stood out for me, which once yes, I tell you. Yes, actually, do you know actually, yes. Because she did We Found Love, which was famously, famously shot in Northern Ireland. Oh yes. <laughs> I remember the we re- controversy in- that. <laughs> that- when Riri was she was shot in this um council estate called the new lodge which is like very nationalist like down the street from our school and it was like massive news Rihanna is down the street where everyone goes for a smoke let's all go (laughs) such a big deal and when you watch the we find love and then after watching this film you're like oh my god it's just like two hours of we find love even if you think about like the graveyard scene in Queen and Sim. That is basically like a scene from We Find Love. I just think she's like a very poetic oh, yes, yes. director. Music in this film is like the yeah. cement of the entire film.
1: Like the music definitely played a big part in it. And like the
0: emotion. Exactly. It. And it's all kind of people that she's worked with before or like new names. It's not like, I was worried that this film, it would just look like a music video for two hours. Have you seen The Great Gatsby? Um, the recent one, Leo DiCaprio? Yeah. Yeah, so Baz Luhrmann's Great Gatsby is, is like a two, a two hour long music video. Music video. It's crap. It's so bad. It's terrible to watch. Like it's, it's like a nice like background movie, but it's not like a good oh, film. I didn't, it is I just didn't a big. Like Gatsby, actually. It's like got good tunes in it. It's got big mm. names in it. It's got like Jay Z and Florence Machine, but yeah, I think the music in this is much. Powerful. I mean, um, I think
1: that when you watch it, because when I obviously I watched it the first time in the cinema, and then I watched yeah. it again, and you said that you've watched it a few times since you watched the first time you watched it. And I feel like maybe the second time I watched it, it, it did kind of get more of a music videoy feel because now you know what the story yeah. is. Whereas obviously when you're watching it you're just so focused on what the story is is and what's going on and obviously the music mm-hmm. is a background to it. But then watch it a second time. I can understand why maybe some people would say like it is a bit music video, but I think they like pull it off well. You but it know. didn't I
0: don't think it did Yeah, I don't think it detracted from beautiful scenes of them driving and incredible. Mm -hmm. she did the whole thing on film which is very, very difficult to do. The way
1: that they've kind of made the music part of their, like what they're listening to on their car journeys or the soundtrack of the movie is more what they're listening to in their car journey and their CDs and their Spotify playlists, their tapes, whatever they're listening to in the car. And so... It kind of makes you, as the viewer, kind of go through their music journey with them and yeah. their actual journey to get to Cuba. That's where they're trying to get Cuba.
0: <laughs> do you have a standout like music moment in, in the entire film?
1: Oh, of course. It has to be when Almeda Solange comes on, obviously. Oh, obviously. of course. Because that on. song, <laughs> it just, it just has again? a special place in my heart. <laughs> They're just driving down the street. <laughs> <laughs> they're literally just driving just No, that's just, that's just more, that is literally my favorite song know, of all time. I so, know. when I was in the cinema to be watching this movie, um, <laughs> you have my favorite song of all time come on in the big scene. Yes, of course, I'm going to. Yeah, exactly.
0: I love the bit where they're getting their cover outfits done and like they're in the separate rooms, like getting like done up. And it's like slow jazz. And, like, piano, I think it's, like, running away, running away blood orange. It's just, like, so, yes. uh, yeah. the music's incredible. And I listen to the playlist before I watched the film because you were, like, the music's so good. And I was just listening to it, like, blindly, and I was, like, grand. But as soon as you see the film and then you can, like, envision, like, the beautiful, like, panning shots and, like, all the breathtaking, mm-hmm. the way she shoots mm-hmm. is just incredible. It's so hard to put it into words. Like, normally sometimes i would be like, this is really, like, snobby and I'm not into it. But, like, it's such a watchable film for two hours. And Mm. I've told everyone in the last week. Yeah, because it's quite a long film. I've never, like, screamed at a film that's not a horror film.
1: That's good, though. I'm so glad that you enjoyed it, honestly. No, this this is another reason why everybody should watch it. And it's because, yes, it's a love story. But it's, like, a love story about Black people. Which, like, you never see Black love, ever and okay yes I know they die at the end and oh why you always gotta kill the black person yes I know
0: I do think it's an I like to think it's an inception ending because they take drugs for the first time so I in my head blind optimist love seeing the best in every situation I'm like (laughs) ah it's all hallucination all hallucination they survived
1: well I would like to hope that in another universe they did survive because they did deserve to survive and like they didn't they didn't deserve what happened to them. If you are listening, you need to just go watch it, you know. It's,
0: yeah, like do yourselves a favor. Yeah, exactly. And even if you're not so watching
1: it for I'm gonna... the scripts, do it for the music.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so now is the time. We're shockingly at the final question. So I have to ask everyone this because it's the rules of the podcast. I've given myself rules. What is your palm door of the pandemic? So it's a film you've seen in the last six months and you'd recommend or just a film that you're like, this is amazing, jaw-dropping, you got to see this while you're in lockdown.
1: So the film that I've picked for this one is The Matrix. Because I have Big only... It so I know The Matrix came out uh, a long time ago. <laughs> I don't even know when it came out. Like the late 90s? Uh, yeah, the like first one anyway. two decades. And... People have been talking about this movie for years, and I've seen clips of it for years, like on the TV. And thought I understood what the Matrix was, and thought I understood what it meant. And then I watched it about a month ago for the first time. Mind blown.
0: Okay. Absolutely mind
1: blown. <laughs> really?
0: So I I'm gonna be honest because like I'm an honest person. I've I have not watched the Matrix and still haven't like felt the need to, even though I think Cody mentioned it as his Dumbledore. No. Like, I know it's like one of those, it's like an adjective creating a film, as in like after, after you've seen The Matrix, you describe it as like, oh, it's kind of like The Matrix or, you know, the way like Titanic, you'd be like, oh, this is like Titanic. You'd be in a crowd of people, you are like, it's like Titanic. Whereas mm-hmm. people say that about mm-hmm. The Matrix. So I like, why do you think it's so good? Because I still haven't been convinced. Like, I don't know if I get it or not.
1: I just think that, again, this is a movie that makes you think, when you just think that like you've things just can't get any madder like it just does and then like i don't know do you want me to explain like what it's about a bit
0: yeah you know what? most people see most people watch good films i don't yeah um so that's why i don't know but like just what a film that i was like contrasting it to which i'm wondering if you've seen is truman show
1: i've never seen the truman show
0: okay. so the truman show is basically like how life he lives in a world that's just not like it's all made up for him and i'm wondering if like the matrix is like a dark version of that and like I've watched some interviews with like the Wachowski sisters but at that time when they created we're brothers the way they talk about it's so like mind-bending and like riddles that I don't really so if like what what makes it so like stand out? I think is
1: I think what does actually make it stand out and we have to remember like this movie came out what 20 years ago even 20 years ago what what they're, what's, being discussed in like the wider themes of like how technology is advanced and all this blah 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 Mm -hmm. you're watching it and I watched like I'm watching it a month ago and you're just thinking this could happen really (laughs) this could be what kind of things
0: is it that like technology I mean
1: it's set set very far in the future I think it's like 2199 or something like that okay and basically AI has got out of control the humans are living underground and this man discovers what the matrix is and he comes out of the matrix and yes do you know what like it just it just could happen like it could just happen in the sense that we are like technology is just advancing so much right now so so fast and people just don't know like what to do with this amount of power and data and all this like you see it all like today and when you're watching the matrix again it's set in however many years time but you're thinking this is where we're heading like this is where we're heading maybe not so much maybe not so much like because one of the things is that humans are being harvested to feed the aliens like that's what it is oh god (laughs) and well no but if you think about if you think about
0: like like not like in this current pandemic you do like I'm seeing people on the tube and people look like zombies because they're just like sat their computer and just like giving all their energy to a screen and like I feel like that Mm -hmm. now like when Mm -hmm. I when I log off I'm like Mm -hmm. that's like I'd love to see like a human face so I don't I feel like you're not wrong entirely when you say that like we could give it okay not being actually like fed to machines or whatever, but like in a more like no but like, like energy
1: way. Oh, Claire, honestly, it's just such an amazing movie. And as well, on a, a just a side point is the fact that even though it's filmed in the nineties, the graphics on it are pretty good. <laughs> really? I know none of this makes sense to you Yeah, it you does make any it. sense. Trust me. I was you like I was you at one point when people would talk to me about the matrix and I'd be like yeah whatever like what are you talking about and then I watched it and it was the best two and a half. so hours, it's a cult it's hours an absolute cult
0: that I need to join it's three hours long yes she's just yeah, quite, quite long it's gonna it's like take me two, six, two six settings no a a
1: no no but there's so much happening in it that you just can't stop watching <laughs> have
0: you watched any of the sequels yet
1: I've watched the second one I watched the second one the day after. It was all right. It was not as good. It was not as good. So
0: I'll stick with number we'll one. Get yeah, I just need to stop being a baby and actually sit down and watch it. Um, It's just quite dark and sad, mm. I presume. Mm. I don't need any more sadness in my life.
1: I'm good. No, it's not. It's not. You're, you're there rooting for the humans of the real world, honestly. I know that, like, the storyline is very far-fetched like i i'm not sitting here saying
0: like the matrix is real but like (laughs) (laughs) but the matrix is real (laughs) 2100 whenever it is it'll be happening matrix we'll go for that even though everyone picks the matrix and you're obsessed uh (laughs) sean i have to tell you it's the end of the episode we only had five rounds of uh sound technical difficulties (laughs) But I'll blame Nicholas. Sturgeon that was for just what on the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, it's all actually the Matrix. <laughs> do you have any final sign-offs for your big moment on the podcast that no one really listens to, but like everyone likes to pretend they do? Um, I you know tune into the Shannon show. My podcast <laughs> is starting. <laughs> you can totally listen to the show. It would just be like your tweets, but in verbalized form. Maybe a week to <laughs> I think Shan signed herself up with the pre-mark of Wi-Fi providers because we had a lot of tech problems. Even though that may have sounded seamless to all of you, I was nearly going to do a voiceover for Shan for everyone's sake. I knew we'd end up chatting about Queen and Slim for half that podcast, and I hope it has swayed any non-believers into watching it. And it's on Amazon Prime, so really no excuses. All of a sudden I'm doing marketing again for companies that don't pay me. I hope everyone is still drinking heavily this festive, dark, gloomy season. My sober October hopes and dreams during the pre-recorded intro became dated very quickly. And I'm coming to you live from another hangover. (laughs) if you have any recommendations on who I should interview please hit me up because I'm running out of willing subjects and yeah I'd like to get different people on that aren't just in the mates uh, so I've been Claire this has been Films for the Many and maybe I'll do No Narcotics November instead